records are there to be broken, said Michael Schumacher. The record is broken. Lewis Hamilton wins the Portuguese Grand Prix. Hamilton has more wins than any other driver in Formula One history. And he is not done yet. Get in there, Lewis. What a race, mate. Thank you so much for continuing to believe in me, continuing to strive for perfection. It's such an honor to work with you guys. Thank you. And Thank you. the message from Berner, I believe, would be Thank that you. every black person should please remember that you were Africans before you became anything else. Thank you. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We are back on the podcast, episode five already. One more, yeah. It's already man. been five, man. Crazy. This is Drew on the mic. I'm here with my boy Benji to the left of me. What's going on? We have on? a very special guest today in the building, our second guest ever on the African Connection podcast. Yeah, man. Our second guest ever, bro. My man Haruna, all the way from Switzerland, man. We grew up together. Uh, international school mm-hmm. out there it was a good time man so you know wanted to bring that bring that on board and kind of hey, go ahead and introduce yourself let's man go. we went international let's yes, go yes sir yes sir <laughs> yo what's good everybody man it's a pleasure to be on guys thank We're you on. thank you for coming yeah, man. i know man. what time is it over there for the listeners yo it's uh it's late o'clock bro <laughs> that's good that's good <laughs> 15 minutes to midnight Damn. Damn. Yo, my bro, I appreciate you, you know what I'm saying, stepping out and doing this for us, man. Nah, of course, bro. Like, the moment you told me, bro, like, I remember we met, because you're out here in the summer, when you told me you had a podcast, I knew it. Like, I knew we had to connect. Right, man. The moment you said that, you know what I mean? So, happy to be here, my bro. For sure, for sure. Bless. Thank you, man. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, man. So, uh, definitely have a bit of, like, a checkered kind of... uh, history so mm-hmm. i'm like an engineering master so I, i'm a postgraduate in engineering civil engineering and uh basically my parents paid for like four years of university then i decided fuck that and i just basically went full sort of 180 and did digital marketing mm-hmm. so more than anything like my passion is in creating businesses so that's literally what wakes me up in the morning you know, gives me the energy. It kind of like gives me the most fulfillment. So what I do right now, I got two businesses. I got a digital marketing agency and an e-commerce business. Mm. So, uh, yeah, man, that's just taking up full time right now. And, uh, yeah, man. Yep. Yo, talk about a little bit about, uh, kind of you and like where you're from. Um, I mean, for those of for the listeners, I don't know, like I mentioned before me, and met in Switzerland. Um, you know, we both are from, uh, our first generation, you know, uh, from African families, both our, our parents are immigrants. Uh, you know, I mean, they came over to Switzerland to work um, and that's kind of where we linked up. So, yeah, man, talk a little bit about kind of I wanted to touch on that kind of growing up as a first generation and uh, yeah, kind of seeing what that was like, you know. Yeah, bro. So basically, like, because I'm the oldest of my family. Right. So mm. I basically got the very unique perspective of seeing us when we were like broke, like when I'm talking like, I was literally when growing up from age zero, well, from age one to like age five-ish, I was basically like, we lived in a very, very, you know, very modest house uh, in Tanzania Mm -hmm. in pretty much the outskirts of the city. And I was basically the kid that you see out every day, barefoot, just like acting a fool, just fucking everywhere, man. So 
like I definitely got to experience the real, real roots. And from that, we moved from that like really modest house to a little bit of a better spot. My dad got a better job. And, you know, that was a little bit better. So I went from public school into like private school in Tanzania, where you can guess you can say I learned English. Like, I don't know if you remember Benji, but when I first came, like, my accent was shot. Like, it was, it was just like. <laughs> So it was like a whole a whole transition. Of, Bro, we were all a bunch you know. of kids at that time. No one really knew what accent to pick up or how to talk. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all man. of our teachers spoke in different accents. All, yeah. all your parents are in different accents. Everyone's in a different accent, man. Yeah. International That's school, great. so you're just you don't mm. even know how to talk, bro. You mm-hmm. just take whatever you can get. And the interesting thing I realized is you can see like the almost like the evolution in the generations, like. I have a different accent to my sister who has yeah, a different man. accent to my youngest brother. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Same it's here, interesting bro. how you Same. can see that progression. But yeah, but yeah man. So like, um, I guess when I first went to, like first time I came to Switzerland was 2008. So I think I was uh, nine or 10 years old. That was seventh grade. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a shock, man. Like all I had to like kind of reference shit to was Disney channel, bro. I used to just bang out Disney channel. And I remember like coming into, into the west thinking like oh shit because i don't know if you guys like used to watch disney channel like those guys never change their clothes you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know what i mean like so i came from tanzania we used to have to wear uniforms so i thought all right cool like it's just kind of like a uniform but you just basically wear the same thing day in day out so <laughs> that's for, like the first week of school i was just wearing this one hoodie bro and I was just like, yep, this is my uniform. So, like, you know, I guess I'm just going to have to. But then I was looking around. I was like, hold on. Like, this is not what I expected. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? So, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was definitely like a, a mad transition. But, um, yeah, and no, I think that more importantly, like, that aspect of having to change from, you know, a third world country to a first world country at an age where I was aware, that was the most core kind of moment in terms of building up who I was. Because, mm. you know, looking back now, all my kind of versatility, you know, I adapt very quickly. Um, I can talk to pretty much anyone. And that came about during that period of time where I was just thrown in the deep end. And I was like, you know, I had to kind of learn how to float. For sure. At that age, moving like that, that could definitely do something to you. Because I moved when I was three. So I don't really have like any recollection of like I, I feel like when I look back I could kind of picture things but I don't fully remember like us physically going and moving and things like that so that definitely must have shocked you uh, how many relatives do you have you said so I got two siblings mm-hmm. just a younger sister and a younger brother okay got you at least what, were they how old were they when you guys moved so they had a little bit of a different experience than I did because um, before we moved to Switzerland actually I had like a little stint in Norway. So I was there for about six months, Mm -hmm. but my younger sister and brother, my brother was born in Norway. So he's, Mm. you know, he basically kind of grew up in the, in the West completely. Mm -hmm. My sister moved to Norway when she was about two. Then she was in Norway till about four. Then she came back to Tanzania for a year. And then we moved straight away to Switzerland. Mm -hmm. So with them, it was a little bit of a different situation, but my sister definitely kind of is, um, she remembers a little bit more of the, of the Tanzanian life. Okay, got you, got you. That's dope. When did y'all meet them? That's dope, man. Yeah, so we met around the time when you when you came over to Switzerland, um, about the seventh grade. Got you. And um, at the time, Haruna was taller than I was, because Haruna was always tall, mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't I wasn't as tall as I am now. Uh, we're about the same height now, about six four, six five. That's what one one ninety four, one ninety three, whatever. Um, 
But it was chill vibes. And then so I would see Haruna and we would hang out. We had a, a, a group of people that we'd hang out with. It was me, Haruna, Wayne, uh, which is our boy out in London, mm-hmm. uh, Bruno, who we saw this summer. Our good friend Bruno. Uh, who else am I missing? This is Keto. Keto. Oh my God, Keto oh, Masivi, bro. Mm. That was our boys from Swaziland. Uh, he actually moved to Ethiopia. Um, I'm not sure where he's at now. We'll have to catch up with him. But yeah, man, it was just a little group, man. We, we were a bunch of little little kids, man, just you know figuring everything out, navigating. Um, mind you, for me, it was really interesting because I think I had I was there before before anybody was really there. Um, cause I had come in the second grade. Mm-hmm. So at that, at that point, like I had been like there, but it wasn't until, it wasn't until probably around that time when we started forming that group that I realized, all right, cool. Like I'm starting to have like a- other African friends, you know what I'm saying? Like another yeah. group of Africans that are going through the exact same thing I'm going through in Switzerland, which is a country that's, you know, a little bit foreign, less foreign to me, but mm-hmm. a little, at the time, you know, but still foreign to yeah. me, you know, um, so that was a really, really interesting, uh, interesting period in my life that I remember Haruna being a part of, and we play video games and mm. we play soccer. At the, you know, what you I'm used saying? to have to all that, man. man. I remember we used to get in all kinds of trouble. Like we would literally <laughs> just like do full on musicals. I remember Roses was our jam, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that shit. Recess, bro. We used to go out there, sing Roses, get fucking pulled out to uh, principals' office. <laughs> Yo, we would we would sing this song a cappella. Right. And then the dude would get tied at us because <laughs> we were singing. It was too oh. loud. But it's all good, man. It is what yeah. it is. How does how does school over there differ from from here? Do you feel like? Hmm. Arun, I let I let you start on that. Uh, that's, that's a good question, bro. I mean, one thing I can say is uh, obviously I can only compare. I was in America for a year for university. Um, mm-hmm. Then I was in the UK. So, but I'll get to that. Comparing it to Tanzanian schooling. The first thing that I remember thinking, like, right when I got there was, like, this shit is easy. Like, that was the first thing I was thinking. Like, the level... First off, in Tanzania, we didn't even know what calculators were. Like, we had to fucking memorize the fucking multiplication table, Mm -hmm. like, from 1 to 12. So I remember the first thing, I was like, yo, this is easy. But I guess, I don't know, like, I would say, provided that, you know, it was a private school in Switzerland, Mm -hmm. the level and the difference in education... To like the normal schooling system is not as big as you would think, you know. Yeah. Comparing it to the price tag, I wouldn't say it's as big as you think. I would say the major kind of benefit of like you know people sending their kids to private school is the networks that you build in private school. If you have that kind of mentality going in, mm-hmm. that makes sense. I think the tie into that point actually it's the exact same concept when it comes to you know colleges, universities, all that kind of nonsense, right? Because a lot of a lot of I'm sure we can all attest to this a lot of what we took that was valuable from these colleges and universities was not what we found in the books or what we found outside of the degree it was those connections and networks that we made and kind of you know those skills that we acquired Mm -hmm. so much to the same aspect i think um but 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 switzerland that school was really interesting Mm. um if we really look back to it it's a very very um it's actually a a world-renowned school um the the high school is right Mm. um and it's it, the level of people that go there. I'm not saying like you know we're anything special or anything like that, but there's some kids that go to these school, the this school, and it's like you wouldn't even believe like where their families are or who they come, you know, the, some of the families that they come from and mm. this kind of stuff. Because I think I always theorize this is because we were in Switzerland, a neutral country, yeah. where you know a lot of these people that you know you can think of that are like up there. 
send their kids because, you know, they're kind of untouched there. Mm-hmm. And that was always interesting for me to think about. Got you. Yeah, man, for sure. No, that's a huge like thing that people get like misconstrued is is schooling and and how it's done like kids by kids. And one of the things that that I've heard is that in places like Switzerland and and Sweden and, and places like that, that schooling it it feels like more free. Like in America, it's very like test based and test oriented. Like mm. if you don't get a hundred on the SAT or whatever the SAT score is, it's what. 2400 or something like that if you don't get that on the sats and you're a failure and stuff so i was gonna mm. ask was it did you have like a lot of tests like was it was it like that like it's structured here because you because you came here and then you uh you went to school in tanzania and then you said in the uk so i was gonna ask like is it is it kind of like that yeah so i guess uh, i guess i did not take it man because i, I, I think was gonna phrase the question and say in America, right? So you'll be able to actually compare that. Well, I was gonna say, let's phrase it. Let, let's let's think in terms of university, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that's maybe more a, a better a better uh, you know mean of of, of measure. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say let's compare the universities. Like, would you say that your universities were you know super test oriented, or was it more you know theory written oriented kind of thing? Maybe does it depend on what you studied or? Yeah, so I would definitely say. Um, I mean, actually. I can compare America to the UK because my first year in America, I, you know, I was in America than the rest of them on the UK. Right. And obviously, I think you guys, yeah, the fir- I don't know if it's like universal, it's just my university, but the first year in America, it doesn't matter what you take, you're going to get subjects like history. Like I was taking international relations, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of random subjects that I didn't really need. Um, yeah. And provided that I was paying such a high price tag, didn't really make sense. Because like, uh, I think... Like we were paying fifty six, I was in FIT fifty six grand, um, and I was like double what the locals were paying. So it didn't really make sense to me, like um, in terms of why they were forcing you to take things that didn't really add up to your, um, you know, where where you want to go. So that was one thing that I didn't really understand. But again, I was only there for a year. I know that year two or three kind of gets a little bit more. Uh, we, more we focused, asked that but, question too. We're always like, "Why and, am I taking this class when it has nothing?" And to do honestly, with it's by year by year three and four, not even yeah, two. Yeah. Two, you're doing this almost doing the same thing, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's so yeah. Crazy. That's that's one thing that I didn't understand. But like, if I'm if I'm honest with you, man, like <laughs> like I told my parents. So that was the argument that I used to my parents to tell them, like, "Yo, like take me to the UK because of you know like this, like that, you know, whatever." But mm-hmm. the real matter of the fact, and this is a little bit of like a left turn, but. I was in Florida and like I was independent for the first time. Like Benji, I mean, you guys both know you guys are black parents. You know how fucking iron fist it is in the house, you know? So when I went to Florida, bro, I did not go to class. I I was like going down to Miami every weekend, just fucking around. Mm -hmm. And basically like at the end of that, I just did not attend enough class to get the credits. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go into the next year. Like no doubt. So Right. What I was thinking, I was like, all right, cool. I need to fucking find a way to maneuver this. My parents just paid for the whole year, right? So I was like, yo, listen, I found out that in the UK, they have this uh, program where, because I think in in, Amer- in America, you do four years of undergraduate and two years of master's, right? Yeah. Yeah, depending on, depending what, you on what, do, what, yeah. what you master in, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think engineering, engineering, that's the case. So that's six years. So I found out in the UK, there's a program they offer where you do four years and you get an undergraduate and a master's, Right. Mm-hmm. So that was step one. Step two, my dad was always on my case because, like, that was back when 
I don't know, Florida, all kinds of shit was happening, like fucking people in people's faces and shit. Bath salts. Oh, bath salts. Florida is an interesting place. Florida is the. the... Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. Like, to me, I didn't even go in with that kind of mindset. I was just thinking, yo, I want to go somewhere warm. Like, obviously, living in Switzerland for so long, I was like, Ew. I don't care. I'm not going to the UK because that's cold. I'm going to Florida mm. or I'm going to California. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was just going in like that. But again, yeah, I went there. I was having a little bit too much fun, so I basically sorted it out and I kind of projected it. That was like my first, thinking back, that was probably like my first lesson in marketing because I had to rephrase what the fuck was going on <laughs> and make it appealing to my parents to convince them. <laughs> but yeah, no, it makes sense to move this guy to the UK. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll be closer to you guys. Like, come visit it you guys. It worked, yo. <laughs> you it worked out, man. It worked out. And to yeah. be fair, like looking back now, though, that was probably one of the biggest turns in my life because I basically made the shift from being just like, I don't want to say a fuck up, but like, I was just, I was just not caring about nothing mm -hmm. to go into the UK. And I learned about business. I met the right people. Obviously the universe played a part in that, but definitely like I can easily, um, you know, I can go back to that moment as the moment where everything changed for me, even though I met some really, really cool people in Florida and like one of the, one of the closest friends I've, I've ever met, like till today, like I met in Florida, but the shit that transpired after that, that was kind of what changed my life. But anyways, going back to the original thing, I would say in the UK, it's more focused. So if you're serious, like if you genuinely know what you want to do, right? And like you intent on doing that, the UK makes it so that you can actually do that. Because yes, there's testing and stuff like that, but they do put a heavy focus on the practical. So for example, for me, I did a, a civil engineering master's and I actually got to have a chance to go out for a whole year and work in the field. Mm. And I had a thesis where basically I get to kind of pick anything I want mm. and then do research on it. And the university will actually fund me. Like they can even fund a plane ticket provided that I actually, you know, raise the right argument and blah, blah, blah. So mm. I think um, for a person who knows what they want, the university system in the UK is good, but for like 99% of people who are going to college who don't know what the fuck they want, you're just going there to make connections, man. That's that's really all I can say. Damn, I wish it was like that here, man. <laughs> like, the fact that you could go work in the field for a year and still, like, they help you out with that, that's, that's amazing because... Here, it's like you kind of have to struggle. Like, they're like, oh, hey, go get your internship and then, like, just come back and tell us what you did or how you did and blah, blah, blah. There's, like, barely any support sometimes. And it's like, and, and it's hard classes. Like, people want to be doctors and stuff. Like, that takes a lot of support because it's, it's just draining, like, mentally and, like, things like engineering and stuff. Like, it's just hard, hard work. So I, I commend, you know, universities for even being able, being able to do that because that's, yeah, that's... No, that's surprising no, to me, like, man, because like the price tags that people pay in America because in the UK what they do is they actually have partnerships with companies so like for example my university they had a whole bunch of civil engineering firms that were literally partners because mm. like I don't know an alumni went out and started a firm or whatever so they would genuinely help you they would do their best to help you so I'm surprised that America I genuinely would have thought America would have had something like that I was going to say that's another thing I want to tie into right is um, the price of schooling oh, right? that's a huge okay. difference right um, yeah. but you know, again, I, I, on the, on the topic you were mentioning mentioning before, in terms of like getting internships, getting jobs, and how that works, I got so so lucky to get mine because of mm -hmm. um, Professor Nadine Cosby. Oh, shout out to Nadine Cosby, a professor that we Great. had, right? Amazing man. I 
I was I was just lucky, man. I just happened to land the internship with NBC Universal, mm-hmm. and that led me from one thing to another, and that's kind of where it's about. But if you don't catch that break, and I don't even know how I got it, I just happened to be, you know, qualified. There were several other qualified people there. You know what I mean? I just happened to be, I happened to make an impression, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that was a skill that I had to learn and teach myself, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So. But the pricing is different, right? Because even even when it comes to pricing in like Europe for university versus America mm-hmm. versus it's 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 so 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 different, mm-hmm. so different. Like for example, you mentioned with throughout some numbers, you said fifty six thousand for your first year in FIT, right? Florida Institute of Technology, right? Times that by four, man, you're paying over a quarter million dollars for right, education. Yeah. All right, four years. Now, say you paid all of that out of pocket, you're now over a quarter million dollars in debt. You're supposed to start your life. Cool. Now let's bring in the UK, right? The max amount that they pay is probably like what would you say? I pay 20 grand. 20 grand. <laughs> 20 grand. And even that's a lot, right? And even that's a lot. But I'm sure that there's, you know, you can go to where you could pay a lot less, you know. Okay, cool. Then we'll take like a system like Switzerland system where they literally pay like five six hundred francs which is the equivalent to what like maybe six six hundred dollars a little bit over six hundred dollars mm-hmm. a semester yo that's what i pay you see like for 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 my internship uh what's it called to go for sway in the morning i took a class that one class was five hundred dollars that's what i mean like that's <laughs> unreal and that's cheap that's, that's cheap. unreal bro that's pretty fun. crazy man pretty crazy and that's that's and now, the thing is like one step further than that like just the other day my homie was telling me in scandinavian countries they pay you to go to university. okay right they will yeah. pay you like everything is free like yeah you get accommodation and everything but they'll also give you an allowance Look. to incentivize you to study do you know what i mean like it's insane how you can have two sides of a spectrum. I know where my kids are going. <laughs> I mean, yo, know, Sc- Scandinavian, Scandinavian countries actually really intrigue me, right? Because this is mm-hmm. the same place that we've heard uh, has to import trash from other yeah. countries because yep. they literally don't have any. Th- they right? have, like, mad Teslas everywhere. Right, the same place that we've heard that, like, they have uh, prisons um, and the prisoners yeah. have keys, to their cells mm-hmm. right so it's just like an honor system to the point where like and these are i'm not talking like cells crowbar so i'm talking like an apartment building that is yes. a prison you get me yeah. and like all right you're in confinement you have to go back to here at a certain time mm-hmm. and then you finish your sentence and you go about your life Yo, like scandinavian countries are so so fascinating that they're in the future they're like what what people are supposed to be like like you're supposed to do that they had one where it was one prison where you have you apply and then after you apply you could go to um it's like a a different prison but it's like it's like a dorm room like like you live in you got your tv yeah this your that then they and they teach you they teach you courses rehabilitate you the rehabilitation center right like and i'm not talking drug rehabilitation Mm -hmm. maybe it might be even though they might have that as well but it's still rehabilitation you know Mm -hmm. what if they're going mental depression i don't know some kind of thing like like that exactly it's an interesting system and one that i think that you know should be should, oh, it should be sure. modeled after yeah first of all like people yeah, going to jail. The question, though, it's like when when you're raising stuff like that i can't help but think like what is the difference between you know scandinavia is it just like everyone in the uk and the us are just dickheads and evil like where did the separation appear at what point in history did these guys go left and the other guys went right do you know what i mean 
the age-long question. I think mm. well, go ahead, go ahead. You take your point. I, I was going to say one. The one problem that the U.S. has is that there's so many people. Like for everything you do, you have to account for like almost 300 million people. Like we're having our election, which is next week. That's going to be crazy already. But there's already like 58 million people who voted like early. That's more than some countries already. So a lot of it is. Probably they don't even want to bother. Like having to rehabilitate every prisoner, it's probably like it should be done. But that's like I'm not trying to give an excuse, but that's the only thing I'm trying to put my mind into their minds. Like that's that's like the main feat is like trying to get 300 million people to do this. Like it's it must be hard, but at the same time, and I actually have a question it, about that because mm-hmm. I understand that uh, I'm not sure exactly how the federal system works, but is every state its own governing entity? Essentially. Mm-hmm. Right, and then so, the, the federal system. When, is what looks when they're over. like, so for example, let's say for the rehabilitation system, the prison system, is that governed on a on a, on a federal level or on a state level? Both. Right. That's why. That's why U.S. <laughs> U.S. is it, it's so complicated because it is on both a state, mm-hmm. uh, both on a state, a federal, and a private level. Right. There's yeah. a private level of private prisons. Absolutely. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So that ties into what I was gonna say. Right. So. <laughs> Um, ultimately, you have to look at right a country like Norway or one of those Scandinavian countries. They have to evaluate, uh, like in a business sense, their bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. So what's what what's the best move for them to do with this person that you know violated a crime for their country, right? Mm-hmm. So in in Norway's case, this person violated like a non-violent crime or whatever, a, cr- a drug crime. It's best for us to put this person in uh, rehabilitation and then get them back into society so they can contribute to the economy, mm. right? That's that's pretty logical, pretty understandable. Now, in the U.S., when you do something like that, right, a, a lot of the U.S.'s economy, the U.S. was was built on, like, free labor. Yeah. I.e. the slave trade, right? Um, for example, I can give you that, I can tell you that, like, the South, in and of itself, during its, its glory of the cotton days or whatever, mm-hmm. was... If they just took the South, it was four states like Texas and some other states that are they're big on cotton, would be the fourth at the time, would be the fourth largest economy in the world. That alone, just those four states. Mm-hmm. And they were the biggest cotton states, right? Mm-hmm. So built on free labor. So as a result, now you, you, you hear about this thing called the 13th yeah. Amendment, right? The 13th Amendment essentially says that, um, I forget even the beginning of the 13th Amendment, that's the important part, but the, the last part of the 13th Amendment is important where it says that uh, you can't be, it abolishes slavery, but you can be still considered a slave if you commit a crime. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, it's literally in the Constitution of the United States if somebody looks at the 13th Amendment. So you're legally a slave if you've mm-hmm. committed a crime. So mm-hmm. that's why the rehabilitation will work because it's, it's a money-making machine. The 13th Amendment... There's a documentary on Netflix people should look into. Yeah, it's with, very by, interesting. Uh, Ava DuVernay. Yeah, so very, very amazing. interesting, man. And it, and it shows you kind of how uh, that m- the money is tied into the prison system and, you know, how keeping that prison system going brings mm-hmm. in a lot of revenue, man. Uh, I was but just going to read it real, so real quick. Like, I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, a board member of people bringing their money together and saying, hey, like... We have this money. How are we going to make it? You we know, need to get uh, more people arrested. Yeah, and we can is. invest in oil. We can invest in cigarettes. Or we can invest in prisons. Like, how the fuck is that okay? How the fuck is that like a thing, bro? It's like, thing, to me, man. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're so how do they? Who's like the gov- Are they their own governing entity, or are they still run by the state? 
work like how does that work they're given government contracts they're given government contracts it, ultimately it's it's a business it's a business deal but uh, yeah. go ahead Drew you, you had something uh, no I was just gonna read the 13th amendment the thir- okay 13th uh, amendment yeah listen to this it's crazy neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except see that it says except except like, wait, one, two, they leave this three, part four, out you know five. six words in it says except six That's words funny. in it has the word except neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation simple and plain the one the, the, the loophole in plain sight Finn, they didn't even try to hide it. It's except. In plain sight. You like, can go look it up on any website. The Constitution is the Constitution. That's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. And then you see who's mainly in jail in America. Right. It disproportionately affects specific like, view. We don't even have to say it, right? We'll let the, yeah. the person come to their own conclusion. But yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? It's crazy, yeah. bro. It's wild. That's that's insane. But that's that's America. And that was actually a main thing that, um, that you said that my dad talks about all the time because he's Dutch and he's like... Everything is private, private schools, private mm-hmm. this, private that, private that. It's, and it just creates this inequality because, of course, somebody who, who makes $20,000, $30,000 a year who has to feed a family of two or three, they can't afford to go there. They can't afford to go to school. They can't afford to get this, can't afford to get that. But when you have when it's public and everybody's funding it and everybody's bringing their money and chipping in, then people feel more equal. Like you should have the ability to, of course, if you want to send your kid to a private school in, in a castle in the middle of the forest, go ahead, do that. But every kid should have the, people should have the opportunity to be great. Don't just hand it to them. Obviously you don't want to just hand people everything, but they should have the opportunity to become an engineer, to become a mass comm major, to become whatever they want to be. You should send them on the right path if they fall off then that's their fault and they have to do their time but at the same time help them like you said rehabilitate them to get back into society and contribute somehow some way somewhere but like it it just doesn't happen right it just doesn't capitalism happen. though capitalism <laughs> man it's sad like you know what i'm thinking though like it's like the system in a sense it's like it goes so deep Right, because there's there's levels to it, right? Because mm. I was um I forget what documentary I was watching, but they were talking about um I don't know, like you guys might be more aware of this. Like apparently at some point in the eighties, a fucking helicopter full with crack just dropped in fucking Harlem or something. I don't know where it was, mm. but it just dropped. And like it, there was no explanation, but that was exactly the time when the streets were just full of drugs, mm. everyone was shot in, and people were it's like Everyone, this whole community was like, you know, infected, right? But it wasn't an infection of like, it wasn't a drug problem. It was an infection of the mind because if you're thinking about like, even even like how deep it goes, like how, you know, we don't really have access to our history. And because we don't have access to our history, we don't really know our power. Because we don't know our power, we fall into these traps that have been laid in front of us. Because I feel like the problem isn't necessarily like so much. I mean, the problem is there definitely like in circumstance, but it's the way that people think, the way that people have been brought up to think and brought up to play into the system mm-hmm. that is keeping people down. Do you know what I'm saying? Like perception yeah. is reality. No, you 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 touch on it excellently, on like nail on the head. You know what I mean, exactly. right? Um, I'm, I'm sure all three of us can attest to this, and it's something that I always ask, right? Uh, also, like you know, I feel like. 
you can see sometimes the difference. You know what you said uh, rang about when you said you don't know your power, right? I feel like me personally, I speak for myself, and I'm sure this, you know, uh, has uh, as truth within you guys because we're actually a little bit connected to what those roots were for us, right? Those mm-hmm. origins, those African origins, right? And for me personally, I can speak. I know kind of where my ancestors lived. I, I can, I've been to the sand and touched the yeah, sand yeah. where my ancestors have lived. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So I know the, the meaning of my name. You know, my name means man has come. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't just have, uh, my name is not Smith. Mm-hmm. You understand? There's history there long before any of that other stuff. So um, for me, I feel like I thought, especially when I came to America, I saw kind of the mentality that I, I want to say, like African-Americans in this country kind of took on and like coming in from a different perspective, but also you know being a part of that culture because when you get here, America loves to remind you that you're black. Oh yeah. You know whatever you're doing, you gotta mm-hmm. remember you're black. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's fine with me because you know I love being black. What can I say? End of story. But that's just how it is, you know. Um, so yeah, that was really interesting for me to see, man, and, and kind of see that like. Mm-hmm. No, there's been tons of documentaries and everything like that, and it's saying like, how did like the whole the whole drug situation like people are like how did black people get get the drugs like it had to funnel through like we didn't have access to a plane to go to colombia to bring it here like we weren't talking to either el chapo or mexico el chapo or we weren't talking to um damn what's his name uh escobar pablo escobar like we like we didn't have any any uh contact with pablo escobar and it didn't grow here and so exactly and it didn't grow here so something had to happen where black people got it in excess like if we didn't have access to it then how did we get it somebody gave it to us and like there's plenty of people who sold crack who can attest to this where it was given to them and then later they turned out they got arrested for the stuff that they were selling to so it's like it just it makes no sense and then do you watch uh lovecraft country i don't know if you know about that show no I, black people should watch lovecraft country because it's set in chicago Love, lovecraft country lovecraft country it's on hbo i never heard it either oh really yeah oh yeah my yeah god it's a great show um lovecraft country so it's set in chicago in in the 60s hmm. 50s and 60s and in one of the later episodes i'm not going to spoil anything but it showed uh tulsa oklahoma and that was the place where apparently a black man he he was said to have either pushed a white girl touched a white girl either way he did something to a white girl that he didn't do obviously but then they bombed the city and that was black wall street that was where if like wall street is like with the financial area where people have money that was black wall street where black people had businesses we had our own houses we had our own property we had this we owned everything it was bombed it was people like white people shot everybody black people were beaten to death and everything like so america has a history of doing all this stuff and that was even before crack so it's like it's just a continuation it's, a, it's an interesting tactic and the tactic is and it always gets swept under under the rug it was not only like you know like hatred or like hate crime it was like disenfranchisement Mm -hmm. of black people in this country Mm -hmm. you understand and that's not uh something that you do to one person exactly that's something that you do to a generation Mm -hmm. not not so that it can you know hurt only that generation but every generation to come after Mm -hmm. right you're playing like the chess game. It's, it's crazy, man. It was exactly. it was very malicious and very um, calculated. Calculated, which is which is sad, right? When you see these things, it's sad. I remember one thing I read that was the, one of the most sad things I've ever read was um, it was the, the writing of a man that owned a plantation, 
and he essentially wrote down wrote down in paper and I read it how to disrupt the black family mm-hmm. his slave family right it's you know what I'm saying have a mm-hmm. child with let them get married let them feel happy let them be in union mm-hmm. he allowed these things then one day randomly he'll come and separate the 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 mm-hmm. wife from the husband impregnate mm-hmm. the wife have the kid like it was written down as meticulous it was crazy man it was wild then when the kid is born make sure that the dad doesn't see the kid Mm -hmm. you know so the kid grows resentful of the father and the the wife then grows resentful of the father for not being able to protect her Mm -hmm. the the male then gets uh his his hope and like courage gets broken because he can't protect his family exactly and it's all a reverse effect and you see how it's like Psychological, yeah, because you, know, you have to understand humans have been on this earth for yeah. forever, so we've studied psycho- psychology for years. Mm-hmm. So they use that. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty crazy, man. You know, and when you see these things. Thing with what you just said is the fact that that stigma was inherited by black people. Now, like the black dad is known as a deadbeat dad. It came from somewhere, people man. Didn't even know, I didn't even know that. Like, there's an exact script, like a fucking like ritual. Like it, a came, menu. it came from somewhere, know. man. It came from somewhere, bro. Just like, you know, every every stereotype you know, has there, come from somewhere. There's books and books and books just on like... and Documented, even, man. Very, yeah, very doc- well even, documented. There's even books on colorism. On how light skin is better than dark within skin within the African this continent, within, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That we that we have books on books that we on have books, cannot deny like, it. Like that's why people like you can't argue that it's systematic racism or systemic racism. It's a system. Like it's literally a system from books to to uh, laws and rules. It's it's a system that they put in place. Like it's literally like it makes it makes no sense when you talk to some people and then they just either don't see it or it's not there. You can't believe it. It's just it's hidden more now. It might be hidden more. Right. It's not it's not as physical, right. but now it's more psychological and mental. And not everybody can see what you can see. I, so. I, I do want to. One, one thing I realized though, it's like a lot of people are not really ready to see it though. That's like a lot of wait, people. oh, you know what? That touches on my point, Haruna. That touches on my point, and something that we touched on this summer is that I think the the biggest difference, man, the hugest difference between our parents' generation, mm-hmm. or let's say the difference between our grandparents' generation and our parents' generation, that gap, and the gap between our parents' generation and us mm-hmm. is immensely huge and different, simply because the internet came in the middle, oh, right? That information age, right? So. I think I feel you guys can both touch on this. I feel that I'm seeing like a a raise in vibration, a, a a consciousness that's kind of like erupting, right? That's mm-hmm. that's every time I see, I see people turning vegan, I see people meditating, I see. Mm-hmm. People, I didn't see this five years ago. You know what I mean? Um, I, the first time I ever meditated was my sophomore year in college first time i ever meditated back then no one well, was doing I used it. to hate that they made us do that like in gym because like every really every every couple in what of school in, what? in canada this is the same school uh, me and Dusty in canada to. yeah no so see this is why canadians grow up <laughs> very calm bro <laughs> it would be like meditation every every couple of weeks we would like switch a sports so it'd be like uh soccer for this long or we would do this for this long and then it would be like uh. meditating as a kid i hated nah, it because you have i had all that energy crazy. and like i wanted to run right like but as, if you as can boys discipline a child to exactly. meditate they become a superhuman but as a kid you don't know that you don't understand that because you know what that's actually a very very interesting thing that you raised up yeah i don't know if i told you this benji but one of my homies like he's actually right here um his name is rohan and he's uh hindu so he grew up with yoga he grew up you explained this to me yes yes very all this wisdom 
Very interesting. And guess guess how he feels about it now. Mm-hmm. Fucking hates that shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's like I'm out here, like I'm talking about meditation because I remember like it came up and or like yeah yeah. So I do yoga and I meditate. He's like, oh yeah, no, nah, I've done that before. And I'm like, oh shit, really? And obviously I got excited. I'm like, yeah, like I met another person who meditates. Does that? He's like, yeah, no, nah, I had to do it when I was a kid. I was forced to do it. I hate it. It's, it's basically true, like true, man. It's no, it's the opposite side of the coin because the thing is like. And that's that's actually something that even I had to think about because I'm thinking about how I'm going to raise my kids and I want my kids to have this knowledge. Like I want my mm-hmm. kids to tap into the fact that, yo, like the world is not just like, you know, matter and what you see. The world is what you create. You are mm-hmm. like the world is a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I want my kids to understand. But where the disconnect between parents and child. And again, I'm not a parent. I wouldn't know this. But where I can think the disconnect is, is when we try to impose like if you try to impose your view on the world on a child right the natural like reaction for a child to do is to reject it is to just because think about it like a child they're completely free do you know what i mean like in their minds there's no paradigms have been built there's no like limiting beliefs there's no shit that's holding them back so when you're trying to basically because as we grow older, we we kind of naturally fall into certain boxes. Even if we think we're open-minded, like say us, right? Right. We're all pretty open-minded individuals, but we still are in a certain box. I'd agree. Yeah. Right. And you need to be aware of that. Because if you're not aware of the box, yeah, then you're really in the box. Mm-hmm. But if you're aware of the box and you're like, yeah, I guess I, I fit that kind of box sometimes, then at least you can transcend that box. But then children are very very sensitive to that box so it doesn't matter if the box is meditation or reading books or it's still a box they just want to go outside and play exactly. here's what you know i mean though here's what i exactly. think though that's that's inevitable mm-hmm. right it's inevitable that you're going to find the you know kid that's going to say i hate meditation because i had to do it as a kid there's also the kid that says i hate soccer because i was forced to play as a kid oh, yeah. there's also the kid that says mm-hmm. i hate you right so once these schools open these avenues mm. to these children implement meditation you know yes, what i mean yeah maybe not everyone would like it but maybe to do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? maybe that becomes how they exactly. you know what i'm saying so that avenue allowing that avenue to open that stream mm-hmm. of consciousness because they may spark That's the next the person at the age of 12 mm-hmm. uh, they may spark the next person at the age of 16 we all know about like consciousness this thing is not something you can you get at a certain age that's the most important to me the most important you thing you could give to a kid is choice like mm. my parents gave me all the choices in the world mm. like i was lucky that i could play soccer i could play right, basketball man. i could play rugby i could play it but i Gratitude. chose hockey and I, I went with hockey for so long and I, I still play it to this day and i have fun doing it and it opened doors choice. too it opens doors it, it yeah it's giving kid options and choice that's like it's the key. best thing you know that that's the best thing you could do to them because you they could see that this is possible, this is possible, this is possible. I could have that, and like they, it just opens their mind even more. So yeah, but that going back to to what we were talking about earlier, like now what what happened with black people in the United States is that it broke kids, and you could see that. I think it was psychologists they studied, and they could see that there's still trauma for black people today just from being born in America. That they still have some certain level of trauma because of you know it just passed down generation to generation yeah. and generation and it's only now like you said with the internet that's why i think the internet is like the greatest thing that's ever been in, in my opinion it's the greatest thing because you have access to so much like think truly, about so truly. how everything you know from the internet and just just know. on a daily even even just stupid stuff now you know it <laughs> like even just yeah, so it's, it's the greatest and worst thing too like it's the best and, and worst tool like in my it's opinion. interesting i heard someone put it like this which kind of blew my mind he was like the internet was like a micro 
Macro Big Bang. Because mm, when it that. starts, I absolutely love that, bro. It, like it literally creates exponential, on its own. Like, exponential growth. Unstoppable force mm. now. It's just out there. You know what I mean? Uh, it's insane, I love man. That. It's interesting. Like that's why, like people have asked me before, like, yo, would you rather have been born in the nineties or would you rather have like? And it's like, oh, like people are always thinking, like, oh yeah, back in the day it was always good. Yeah, hindsight is always twenty twenty. That's like, oh, that's always what I say. That like, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I can tell you right now, bro, like seventh grade was the shit. Yo, man, we were just chilling. I was just out there doing this. But when I was in seventh grade in the moment, Mm -hmm. there was all kinds of shit that I was worried about. Nonsense going on, bro. It's like all kinds of shit. But like when you're looking back, it's always easy to say that, yeah, no, things were better back then. But for me, like the now, man, like I completely relish being able to like such a fast pacing, uh, fast paced changing environment. Even coronavirus, bro, like, you know, that's a sensitive topic, but like for me personally, I embrace it because of the change that it's going to bring because so many people have their eyes closed. And it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like now we're at a point where, as you said, bro, like there's this massive shift for and sure. it's almost like, you know, I don't know how like into metaphysics you guys are, but what I think is genuinely it's a split, like a quantum split where certain people are going to, elevate themselves into higher levels of existence more love more you know like abundance you know like Mm. you're seeing 18 year olds become millionaires you're seeing all kinds of things happen but at the same time you can turn your eye to the side and you can notice all the bullshit that's going on Mm -hmm. but what you focus on that's what your reality is going to become fam that's that's 100 percent true especially with this year because you could see somebody like you could see that another black person was shot by the police yesterday in philly you can see that and at the same time turn to the right and you can see, like you said, somebody being a millionaire. Like we had uh, Papoose here and we had like all these famous people here and stuff. And mm. it's like crazy because like this is going on, but that is going on as well. And it's like you have to simultaneously re- at the you have to like redirect what you're doing and, and what you're seeing at the same time. And it's just a crazy this it's a crazy time to be alive. We It's very true. Actually, you know, that, that brings up both of you bring up a point that Haruna, we had spoken about in the summer is that we we're, were talking a little bit about like quantum physics and we were talking about how one um uh one scene or one scenario can just absolutely shift how it shifts on that on that paradigm right on that on that line everything is 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 connected on that line right Mm -hmm. one thing can happen over here on this side of the world and directly butterfly effect connect Mm -hmm. you know what i mean not directly but obviously butterfly effect to, to that so that was always crazy to me like you said something like that can be happening here but simultaneously mm-hmm. a dude can be getting shot and you know like life is when you think about unreal. just life it's just like we sit down and really think about it it's like it makes no sense like it's crazy like uh, but, that we're here but that's, that's, that's but the, the interesting thing about life you know because it's like a life it's like we're here like as humans and as our experience it's a it's a paradox mm-hmm. right because on the one hand, we're like hyper aware of our mortality because people are dying. We're getting older. Yeah. You know, shit's happening. You know, like it's fucking peak. But at the same time, there's a deep knowingness that we're infinite, that we are. Connected there's to more. One thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's more after like, you know, like there's just this deeper knowing that everyone wants it. You can deny it as much as you want, but you know, and that's why a lot of us turn to, to faith. Right. Because mm-hmm. we need to believe that there's something greater than, than us because we can't face our mortality. Right. And so what happens is I think that a lot of times, you know, it gets perverted. Like so 
people end up using something that, you know, like, because if you think about, and this is something that, you know, going into like religion, which, you know, it's a whole different beast. But like, if you really think about all the main religions in, in, in the world, bro, it's the same fucking similar. message. I love this guy. Yeah, <laughs> this guy, my guy, man. Thank bro, you. It's the same message, bro. Just same different you. people. Like, same. Different mics, same changed. message. The name like, changed, bro. People are just fucking fighting over this stuff because... No, no, no. Not even fighting, bro. Killing. Killing. Kill him, bro. Killing. And it's like the only thing is because themselves like, and others. They identify, they identify so strongly with like, I, I'm Islam, right? And Islam is my identity. If you say something about Islam, you're saying something about me. So I'm gonna come after you as if you're coming after my life. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. people like identify themselves so much with this thing, and fundamentally, it's just because they're running away from the paradox, bro. Like they can't feel okay just being themselves, accepting their mortality, and also accepting their infinite nature. So I think that, man, it's, it's interesting like, what you guys say, because like, and this is like where sometimes I get shit, because like, sometimes I'll be speaking and I'll be like, yo, I would even, I would hear it myself, like, okay, this would sound insensitive to somebody who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I would, like, for me, I just close my, I don't listen to the news. I'm not interested in, you know, politics. I'm not interested in anything unless it's going to help me get to where I want to go. Now, I've been told countless, countless, countless times, including my own mom, like, yo, like, what the fuck? You can't just be, you know, you can't just put your head in the sand. But for me, I'm like, if reality doesn't fit what you want, by all means, ignore it. Because why would you choose to stay in a reality that you don't want when you can just go somewhere else? Yeah, you know I, mean? I agree. I think I think it has to do with with, uh, with protecting your energy. That's something I'm always talking about. Like my girlfriend's very big on that, protecting your energy. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's very much what you're about. Like if that enters, there's certain things you have to pay attention to, right? Mm-hmm. Because it affects your livelihood or whatever the case may be. But I think for the majority of things, a lot of the a lot of the shit people str- struggle with is understanding that line. That barrier, right? I actually forget which one of you it was that was telling me they had they had an aunt that would check cor- the coronavirus every single. That was my mom. Bro. That was okay. That was your mom. Mm-hmm. That was your mom. Yeah. He was telling yeah. me that like you know it, it can really run your life, mm-hmm. and they've set up these algorithms to the point where it's like, oh my god, yeah. they could have you hooked for an, a good six hours. You wouldn't even know it. Fan. You know what Six, I mean? Twelve. Yeah, a, a half a day. You wouldn't even realize that you've day. spent half a day yeah. staring at a screen. You would think that you've traveled to four different countries and mm-hmm. been to six cities, and you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? All this kind of nonsense. So yeah, bro, mm-hmm. that it's pretty crazy, bro. Hey, you th- know, one thing that one thing that takes that even deeper to show just how serious this is. This is serious shit, bro. Like, it's a proven fact that your brain cannot tell the difference between an imagined reality. And an actual reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's why, like, we've all woken up from a dream, cold sweats, you know, heart pounding, all kinds of crazy shit going on. Because your body thinks that you're experiencing that. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about the amount of stress and fear and, you know, anxiety that just just a normal day and just, you just turn on the news right now. And the yeah. main emotion is fear, yep. stress, and anxiety. Number and people are just constantly tuning themselves, subscribing to that reality. That frequency, right? That direct frequency. It's crazy. Damn, you know even with this election, I have not turned on the... I, I watched like 20 minutes or so of the first debate, but that's because I was waiting to go to hockey. My dad was watching it, so I was like, let me watch it. It was just pure, utter, just nonsense, bro. Nobody's answering a single question anymore. If they are, the other person... It's not... You, People can't even have regular dialogue. People I, can't talk anymore. I gotta ask, man. I gotta ask. Because like, for us, it was very different, right? For us, yeah. there was no escaping. 
We were gonna see it. We were gonna hear about it. X Y Z. For you, was it was it different? Like, okay, we have foreign parents. Like, we have parents from Tanzania. I'm sure that they were paying attention, watching. So for me, watching, like, but I mean, amongst our peers, and amongst oh, that that level, did you oh, see it's, much? It's um some people are quite into it. I would say mm. so. It's like for me, I have different friend groups, right? So yeah. You know, I have certain friends that I know that if I start talking about anything real, like this conversation is just not it's going to die out. So mm. I'll just keep it surface with mm. those type of people. Yeah. By all means, they're all into that politics, whatnot. But yeah, like I would say people who are aware, like people who have the knowledge that we have the consciousness. Right. I don't know anyone who's like actively going out of their way to get involved in this shit because it's like, bro, you know, it's, it's if you just understand how futile it is. And it's like, I don't know, you know, how, because again, I'm not living in America. I'm not American. I don't know how okay it is to say this shit, this shit, because I know people do freak out and, you know, get very upset if you even talk about not paying attention to the election and how you should vote and this and that. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to like get into that, but I just think that people who are aware of really what, you know, what matters in life, like happiness and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. What they're doing now when all this chaos is, is happening is they're just retreating. Mm. And it's like, this is why I think, in a, in a sense, 2020 is a double-edged sword in the sense that we've been forced to retreat and introspect and oh, kind of 100%. go deep within yourself. You know what I mean? And it's 100%. like, to some people, like to me, it's been a blessing because to me, I've grown so much as a person and I've gotten to know myself. I've gotten, you know, really into meditating. I've gotten really strict with my gym. Like I've been removed from all the distractions that were otherwise there but to some people you know they're miserable and they're depressed so it's like you know i agree yeah no like a lot of times uh what like we would go throughout our day and stuff like that just i was just going to use the example of just even like eating like i don't eat as much as, as i used to because before like somebody on a, on a on a different podcast put into perspective he was like when you go out you meet a friend like yo let's go get a bite to eat when you do this yo let's go get a bite to eat especially in new york with this food on every corner almost yep, like yep, yep. even just that i'm like i don't need that much to really like i don't need to eat that much and like you Home realize, all day you realize just how much stuff that you did that took your time like riding the train doing this doing that like it just took up all your time now you have the time to yourself and you better use it wisely because when this is over whenever this is over you might you're not gonna get that time back for for some time like this is the time to really like you said sit down think about what you want what like when you'll be able to get it like just just try to plan and and just be strategic about what what you're doing with your life like so that's why i agree 100 percent with you what you're saying i gotta touch on one thing which is the the perception is is your reality right and Mm -hmm. this is might just be my crazy mind but this is just like a story i have to tell and it's a 100 percent true story right Mm -hmm. so like as a very recent anybody that follows me knows that i'm not it's been a while but like recently i've been putting it on my story and letting people in a little bit more Mm -hmm. and showing that i've been doing yoga kind of like every morning uh along with that will go a lot of like meditation and not only meditation but now specifically i'm you know putting energy into like abundance manifestation Mm -hmm. right um you can think of abundance in many different ways however you want to you slice and dice it but Mm -hmm. that's up to you whatever you want to manifest so that's been my specific goal and like kind of what i spend time on literally thinking manifesting Mm -hmm. um 
when I say that, I mean, like, you know, imagining what it would be to smell the room of what I wanted to happen. You know what I mean? Like, for yeah. example, if I wanted a meal or something or trying to manifest a meal, I would think of what do we like to smell that meal? That's just a, you know, an mm-hmm. example off the top. And I did this for two days, bro. And, you know, things just started happening. Like, I started, I would feel this. When you got, if you guys have ever meditated, you guys have felt mm-hmm. this, this crazy feeling that you get where it's not like, you know, you're on drugs or anything, but there's energy. I go out, I, I, off of this is off of this quote-unquote high, and I leave my apartment, and I go down the street in the middle of, you know, Harlem, New York City, and I'm walking. I'm thinking to myself, all right, let me go get something to eat, whatever. Boom. And I'm thinking of this money manifestation. I was like, damn, that, that shit was pretty good, you know, pretty interesting. I'm walking, my head is down, head is down, and I look to the floor, and I see something on the ground. I'm like, no way. And I walk over, bro, and there's literally money on the floor. <laughs> When I say, like, literally, <laughs> the, and it wasn't much. To tell you guys I'm telling the truth, like, I didn't find a million dollars or nothing yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I found six dollars. Now, some people may, may, may call this co- coincidence. Mm-hmm. I got lucky. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And by all means, I'm cool with that. If I got good luck, so be I'm it. I'm six dollars richer than you. <laughs> but I'm going to sit here yeah. and, and assume that the time I spent, you know, manifesting and putting that energy out mm-hmm. was reciprocated to me, of course, in a mere $6. But now what happens if I do it yeah, for yeah. a year? What happens if I carry mm-hmm. this on? Even if it didn't work, what am I losing by being able to That's calm my thing. mind yeah. and learning that control over my mind? So mm-hmm. to me, it doesn't make sense for anybody not to try. Exactly. You know what bro, I mean? And that's just, just an, an example. So, so, so huge, bro. Because like, that's what I, because I've been basically kind of like, dabbling with that for a while now like law of attraction stuff and ever since i read the book think and grow rich anyone who's listening if you don't know what that book is that book will change your life if you know what it is then you already know what one but like recently what i noticed is the missing link and this is something that you know we've all seen the secret right you guys have seen the movie the secret yeah. mm-hmm. there's a missing fucking link bro that was an incomplete formula because what people think is gonna happen is they're gonna just chill they're going to like think certain things and feel certain ways. And by the way, what you're doing is really like one step more advanced because you're actually inputting your senses into it. Mm-hmm, right. Sure. That is very point. advanced. Most people don't even do that, but people think that, yeah, just doing that is enough. And the thing is, I'm not like, I'm, you don't even need to act that much. Right. But one thing that you do need to do is you need to confirm your reality. So you see what you just did there. Yeah. You, you, did something which was a cause then you saw an effect mm-hmm. that was one kind of it's like those it halfway right like imagine a semicircle right now what's going to determine whether that comes back full circle and continues to multiply and become a bigger snowball is if you confirm that reality by saying see look i manifested money i don't care if it's six dollars right i manifested this money and this is something that i created Right. When you do that, mm-hmm. your subconscious mind registers that. Exactly. The next time you keep on manifesting. What most people do, they're like, oh, like they get excited or whatever, or they just don't. They're like, oh, I'm lucky. They just forget that they were manifesting just like a few minutes ago. Right. And most right. of the shit, like, it's crazy. Like, someone told me this, and I want you guys to do this exercise as well. Like, think of something that you wanted, like, really badly, like, five years ago, that you really wanted. Like, for me, when I was growing up, all I wanted was a Mac. I wanted a Mac, like, nothing else i was like i want a mac and then like a couple years i think 2015 2014 i got a mac but i didn't realize that it was the same thing that i wanted so bad like 
I spent yeah, years visualizing how my Mac is going to look like and da 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 But when I got it, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, Mac, now let me start using it. You don't actually confirm that reality. And because of that, we don't notice how, how often we manifest things. Mm-hmm. But once you become aware to that, you start to see it everywhere, my And brother. it starts getting a lot quicker. Everywhere. A lot quicker. Mm-hmm. 100%. Way quicker as well. It's yeah. insane, man. It's actually crazy. Yeah, man. 100%. No, that's the same thing with like me with this camera. Like when I was a kid, the same. I, I I was like, Mom, I want a camera. I want to be a photographer. And like you said, African household, that didn't, that didn't go too well. Like, How are you gonna pay this? How are you gonna pay that? Blah, blah blah. I was like, maybe I should have just said I wanted a camera and then just left it at yeah. that. But then now I got my camera. Now I got my camera. We're doing this podcast, we're recording. I got my other podcast, YouTube videos, blah blah blah. And also sometimes it's not your time. Because sometimes you might not know what to do with, with what yeah, you have. Learned, exactly. Man. You learn a lesson. And then now with like seeing YouTube videos and learning and being like, oh, this is what I got to do. I'll do that. I'll do that. Now I'm way more advanced with the camera than I would have been at at age eight. Because YouTube, like it was there, but it wasn't like it was today. Now I'm learning. I'm reading about different cameras. I'm with Ty who has cameras. I'm learning mm-hmm. from him mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So sometimes also it, it just might not be your time, which is hard. I know it's hard to, to even think about that, but like with, with my, uh, with, what's it called? My internship, like I, or uh, major, I wanted to do psychology at first. But in the back of my mind, I always loved acting and, and movies and television and stuff like that. So much, uh, what's it called? You remember Sweet Life, Zach and Cody? I don't know if you had it. In I remember, yeah, Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We had Nickelodeon, that was, that was bro. That, uh, yeah, was that bro. Disney? That was Disney yeah. yeah, we had like Disney, Nickelodeon, okay. uh, MTV. Yo, <laughs> I remember how hot like fucking Ashley Tisdale was. Bro. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yo. <laughs> yo. But I, I made one of the episodes, I made my, my older sister memorize the episode with me. I was mm. like, let's memorize, like without, I didn't even look up the script on the thing. I just, just memorized it just from there. That's just crazy. from watching it over and over you again. You still know it? Nah, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> hell no. <laughs> hell no. But um but what's it called? And then I always had that. I always looked up to people like like Charlemagne, to people like Sway, watch all the interviews and stuff like that. But I just watched it like casually. Turn four years later, or that was high school, so like eight years later, something like that, whatever however many years, I'm interning at Sway in the morning and I was like I wanted this back then. I just I'm didn't here. know, and it just took time and time and time again. And yeah. and I was and at first I didn't even get the internship. They said no. They uh, they called and blah blah. They say sorry, I picked somebody else. Like three weeks later, she calls. She's like, hey, blah blah blah. They they actually want you. I was I didn't even ask what happened to the intern. Say I didn't no even more. ask to. I was just like, I'm yes, there. let's I'm go. There, exactly, I'm there. So like sometimes <laughs> it it will take time, and sometimes you don't even know you need it, you want it, and stuff. So yeah. So even if you're trying. Like, maybe it's not for you in general. Maybe it just won't happen. Or maybe something else greater will come. And that's what I wanted to say to people, like, during this time with corona. Like, you have to try to think positive as hard as it is, as, as you know, as much as people are going through. You have to try to think positive, try to elevate yourself, try to do something. Like like I said, you have the time now. Do do that business that you wanted to do on the side for years, for so long. Like try try to start that. So, but I wanted to ask you, how has Corona been in in Switzerland? Because you told me a little bit, you know, the differences between here and there. But how has it been for you? Yeah, so I'm in a, a bit of a unique situation. So I kind of have both worlds because I live in the smack dab in the middle of France and Geneva. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in, in Switzerland, 
it's pretty all right. You know, like, you know, people are not really that bothered about masks. Like, you know, everything is kind of just calm. Like, it's like a looming kind of like, you know, shadow. Like, yeah, we know it's there, but... Yeah. I've heard yeah, numbers have, have gone up a bit, though. Passport. Do you know what I mean? But I've heard France, they've been getting a little bit more serious. Is that true? I've heard the numbers have been going up just a little bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's been getting serious. So, like, right now, like, literally today, the president of France at APM released a, a statement that we're going to get go back into lockdown Shit. starting Saturday. Saturday. It's going to last at least a month. What? Yep. Oh, so wow. that's, going that's, that's a whole, there's a whole nother discussion as to like right. what the real motives here, like, like the underlying kind of, you know, narratives that are going on behind what's, what's all this the, bullshit. Cause if argument? you think about what's the, bro, argument? like what what's this doing to the economy? Like, you know, the economy, what, how does France benefit? Right, like in the U.S., I can see that there's this whole political scheme going where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, if they don't open up, then Trump doesn't, da da da, you know, exactly. win some points here. But if they do open up, Trump wins some points. Okay, yeah. but what is France's? What would France gain from shutting down their economy right now? You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Which is why it would lead me to believe. That's one. the thing. It's like it depends on how what level you're you're looking at this at. Because mm. if you're looking at it on one level, France and the U.S. and the U.K. and and, and you know, fucking North Korea are separate countries. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at it on another level, there is a common entity. Like, it's like, you know, I'm sure you guys can agree that the president of a country is not the biggest authority in that country. Mm-hmm. There is people behind it. There's conglomerates. He's really, the public like, figure, right. He's the public figure. countries figurehead. are run mainly by corporations. Corporations right. are the real powerhouses mm-hmm. globally. Right. Right? So the reason why, like... I'm not like I'm out here just literally theorizing, right? Because I was literally the reason why I'm even like on this tip is because I watched. I'll send you guys a, um, a podcast. You guys will love it. Um, and this is guy basically just breaking down coronavirus and you know just basically calling out all the bullshit that came mm-hmm. with it. So you know I won't even say anything. I'll let you guys uh, listen to it and have your own thoughts. But there is levels to shit that you won't even begin to understand. Unless you choose to go into that world. And if you choose to go into that world, there's baggage that comes with it. So it's like, for example, for me, like France right now, no, they don't benefit necessarily. um, Or at least not as far as I know. But do I believe that this guy made the decision today at 8 p.m. just because he decided like in his room, yep, I should go into confinement? No. No, No, absolutely not. I think there was a whole other powers in play that led up to that decision. And because I don't know what those powers are, I can't really, you know, you know, say anything about it. And because he's the president and da da da. Oh, like most people, it just takes so much mental power to try and figure out what's really going on. It's easy to just accept it and just be like, whatever, bro. I'll, I'll stay in lockdown, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. easier to be a slave at times because they're playing games. It's like three D chess out here, bro. Like you can't even see the moves. You can't even see the players. Mm-hmm. How are you going to fight them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. Mm-hmm. But for me, all that, like, my, my biggest form of, like, way to combat all this bullshit that's going on in the world and not being dragged into it is by remaining objective and just trying my best to not focus on that. Because, yeah. you know, like, in many ways, like, say, for example, for me, how I've been affected, but I haven't been affected. I'm pretty sure I got coronavirus. I think I had it for, like, two days and I kicked it. Mm-hmm. But... My business hasn't been affected. You know, no one around me has been affected. And it's like, I believe it's because I haven't been engaging in it. But mm. if you ask my mom, even though we've been living in the same house, she'll tell you a completely different story. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yo, that's true. Because my, my mom stayed at home for like a month. 
like with, without going out steady yeah just like you know going to the backyard and well you know they really outside. scared that older generation yeah. they shook them up bro because mm. they told them that they were gonna go yeah they basically told them listen if you have had any mm. type of issue health issue ever you mm. are at risk and then and then also i I think my my family had it too because my dad he's he said he had the antibodies mm. and then there was a time i was actually sick like i was home i was sick and i was just staying in bed so there was a time so i think i i got it as well but like i, I kicked it and this year i actually accomplished way like more stuff than i thought one and more stuff that i wanted to accomplish like doing video shoots and do just doing other stuff like i didn't let it kind of bring me down like a lot of people let it you know especially at first because it was just kind of like a there's no gradual decline of like all right stay in your house like it was just boom like that so i think a lot of people let it affect them but on the other side there's some people that just you know kept going like i gotta do what i gotta do i'm not just gonna you know just end everything that i'm doing i'm gonna continue to work how i can you know but that but that's that's interesting how like like we talked about before how people could have different perspectives on the exact same situation mm-hmm. like you can see it totally different so yeah but we'll, we'll see what happens i thought i thought about that you know when you said uh in my workplace i remember my boss uh when we first heard of the pandemic and things like that and mm. she she i remember in, being in that meeting where she instantly heard of it and she instantly started thinking how can we pivot she was like, all right, what can we do? You know, we need to get it, right? But my initial feeling was like, why is this lady trying to capitalize off of a global pandemic? She's mm-hmm. a messed up kind of, you know what I mean? I was like, damn, this is yeah. kind of messed up. But then I realized that's the game, man. Mm-hmm. That's the game. Like, the reason, um, for example, a um, an apple can rise to the, to the to the ranks that it has risen to is because they saw a chink in the armor of IBM. You know what I mean? Of, of the IBMs in the world. They saw an mm-hmm. opportunity and they capitalized, simply. Mm-hmm. They just capitalized off an opportunity. Yeah. You know? All these other companies, they simply capitalize off an opportunity. And that's kind of what you have to do. Um, but I tie that to the same point that says the late great Nipsey Hussle made a point I posted to my Instagram the other day. He was like, don't sell yourself sell your soul for any opportunity right Mm -hmm. because they can be a good opportunity for you and terrible for everyone else around you um and the reason that that you shouldn't take that is because you don't you don't consume the opportunity you're going to consume it all you're going to enjoy it and all that right but that'll be gone what won't go nowhere is that you got that opportunity by phony means Mm -hmm. that never goes anywhere Right, so you can sue the opportunity and all that, but that you know what I'm saying that's cool. Yeah, but what what remains is that stain. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, man, it's crazy, bro. But it's I guess it's a capitalistic world, man. So really, nowadays in business, you really gotta be on your toes, man. Oh, for yeah. sure. So that was that was yeah. a big lesson I learned with this Corona thing, for sure. Because it's like that's something that I kind of you know face a lot because. I, like I'm closer to kind of you know how your boss thinks in the sense that when something happens, automatically I think of how to turn that into because you know there's this quote by Napoleon Hill, uh, the author of Think and Grow Rich, where he says, "With every great failure, there's a seed for an equal greater opportunity, mm-hmm. right, for success." So that's kind of how I always think, and it's like I noticed that to some extent, even even doing that is run. It's like because this is something that I've noticed lately when I've, I've been meditating a lot. Like, everything, everything is a double-edged sword. 
Like there is nothing like, and this yeah. is go, goes into hermeticism. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with like philosophy and hermetics mm. and stuff like that. Philosophy, yes. Hermetics, philosophy, no. Yeah. Hermetic. You guys should check out something called um, the Book of Thoth. It's like, like I'll touch on like these emerald tablets. Yeah, no one knows how old they are. Like thousands, maybe tens of thousands of years old. They're indestructible, and they're emerald tablets that have writing writing on it. That only like this year or the year before they were able to decipher it, right? And it's indestructible. Like back then, they even right now, like you would need lasers to engrave into sign like an emerald. But they did it back then. Do you know what I mean? And they survived to this long. But basically, they say that all truths are but half truths. All opposites can be reconciled. Hmm. Like, when you think of, um, just to kind of give an example, right? When you think of hot, then you think of cold. At what point does hot turn into cold? Right. There's, <laughs> that's true. It's a good point. Mm. It's just a degree of measuring the, the 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 lack of the other side, right? So there's like a lack of cold or a lack of heart. And because of that, everything is reconciled. So when I've been meditating recently, I've been noticing that a lot of times, yeah, and that's a very, really like powerful concept to have if you're coming from a place of lack, to always know, okay, I need to pivot. Like, how can I turn this into an opportunity? Mm-hmm. But then you do fall into those traps that you mentioned that sometimes you end up, taking advantage of an opportunity at the expense of other people and that is where you kick into karma right because yeah all energy will always come back to you at yeah. the end like you can't you yeah, can't escape can't hide from so, that you know what i mean so then well, fundamentally when you get one level deeper you start to realize that really you're just running away from your own feeling because like everything that happens outside sparks a feeling within you you react to that feeling then you label the thing outside as good or bad right mm-hmm. but really you just felt something if you weren't so quick to act on that thing that you felt and just sort of allowed yourself to feel that as an expression of your human life and existence mm-hmm. what tends to happen is it dissolves it's like a shadow when you shine light on it it just dissolves and it's like when you can get to a point of happiness and fulfillment and, and just peace before taking the step mm-hmm. you've already won you, mm. you, you won't even need to take this step because it's, it's you're already there. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to pivot because you've already gotten the fulfillment that you would have gotten from pivoting anyways. So then when you do take that step, you just take it with ease. There's no bullshit. That's a That's gem from my brother Harona right there. No, you know how many times I've been angry and then later I was like, why was I... Like, mm-hmm. I was like, fam, it was, it was the... The littlest thing possible. I'm like, and I'm just looking back, like, why was I really that mad at that? Like, it wasn't a big deal. Didn't really affect if, and it didn't affect my day. That's the worst. Like, if it didn't affect your day in any way, shape, or form, and you got mad, like, sometimes you look back and, you, like, you said, 2020 is hindsight, and it's just like, you know, you you kind of have to work on that to try to be like, all right, this is happening. How can I work around the situation rather than just sitting there and be like, damn, this is going on, blah blah blah. Like, you know, so, like I used to get mad with canceling podcasts. Like it used to like irk me to because mm. I was like, why? And like it still does sometimes because I if I tell you I'm coming here every week seven p.m. and if you if you don't give me a heads up, that's what it is. It's usually like the two hours before. Then it's like, yo, I gotta do. I'm like you could like unless it's an emergency emergency like i'm like oh you could have told me but now i'm in a space where i'm like you know what i have so much stuff that i'm working on that i'm like all right cool like we'll just rain check we'll just do something i'll fix something i'll post something instead like and we'll just work around it so i've i've 
tried to train myself growth. and teach myself that's what exactly. that is that's it's growth, growth. even at 24 like people think that you figure stuff out like when you're 18 you're like by 20 something i'll have this it's like no you're still learning you're still going through life life is going to throw everything at you that you have not seen before and you just need to maneuver your way through it kind of man so yeah, you just gotta you, ever, it out. you guys ever see those 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 people that I respect, uh, like those people that you see that you know are successful but never pretend to have it all together? Oh yeah, you know you know you mm-hmm. can see someone that's like you know they might have the same level of success but one's pretending to have it way more together than the other, mm-hmm. and you can just see like the realness in that one. You don't care what I think of you. You're yeah. just trying to get what you need to get done. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like that's uh that's that's the level I'm trying to get to, bro. Oh, for sure. That's for the sure, level man. I'm trying to get to, bro. Uh, I wanted to touch on two things before we get out of here. One thing was uh, I wanted to have every week like something you know Africa related and 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 Africa central. And that first thing is that people are starting to are talking about well it was brought up especially in black panther you talk about emerald and tablets and and all these old artifacts is i saw an article where they were like should we bring all the old artifacts back to africa where they where they originally came from like you know obviously with egypt all the tombs and stuff like that like the person who who dug it up and who opened i think who opened the uh, coffin he passed away like because there was like either some spell on it or or something what yeah for two in common like the guy, I heard about that. Yeah, the guy. Wait, who, recently? The one they opened no, no, recently? No, no, no. This oh. was like back then. Oh. Yeah, because they opened it like, uh, I don't, not a hundred years ago, I don't yeah, think, but like yeah, a long time. Yeah, shouldn't mess with the but spirits. But no, he, like, he, he passed away. And, it was, and then apparently it was like a, a spell, or so, if, I'm, if I'm saying it correctly. Mm. But I'm like, I was going to ask y'all, do you think that they should bring it back? Because like I said, Black Panther did touch upon his subject in the movie. Of bringing that back, man. Yeah, I think that yeah, that is interesting, man. You're right. At the beginning, when Killmonger mm-hmm. took that that mask, mm-hmm. um, yo, that's an interesting concept, man. Because you know we talk a lot about rioting, you know, all the riots that are going on and all the stealing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. How do you think those artifacts got in the museums over here? Yeah, exactly. And you could just let people sit on that question because the only answer is the same thing that they've been condemning for the last few months. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. Huna, what do you think? Um, this is a very interesting question, bro. And I think it's like, um, it kind of gets to the point of like, what do those artifacts represent? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you go deep into what that represents within the people, like within, you know, African people, then we can figure out that it's not necessarily about the, Af- the, the artifacts. It is about what they what they represent to us and if we can tap into because it's like that, that's another thing man like the the level of, of of intelligence and the level of like sophistication that existed in the civilizations of old mm-hmm. in ancient egypt in ancient you know um samaria and stuff like that it's mind-boggling and, oh do you know what i mean and too many they were coming up with all kinds of technology but what was interesting and what was fascinating wasn't their technology it was their states of mind mm-hmm. to be able to come up with that kind of technology. So I feel like, you know, one way, like definitely it would be very important symbolically to be able to bring those artifacts back. But what would be way more powerful would be to try and bring back the, the mind state, try and big, bring back that energy. That's why it goes back to the us being blocked away from our history and our power. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we need. You know, that power not necessarily artifacts is what I would think anyways, but again, they're intertwined in a way where one thing affects the other. 
you know what I mean? I totally agree with you. I think people yeah. would get caught up. A, a lot of people would get caught up in the idea that, uh, okay, we've returned this material item to this place, and so all the wrong that has been done by removing it has been restored, mm. right? But that's just simply not the case. Yeah. I think what you said is true, and I think that um, it's like, I, th- I think it'd be too late at this point. You couldn't bring an artifact back, but... It's more of like a hypothetical question. What if that artifact, you know, had remained where it was and then, you know, uh, oh, sparked like, sparked the 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 sparked something in the people, you know, before mm-hmm. it was taken away, like yeah. sparked something in that next engineer, you know, before they were actually engineers, sparked something in the next. So I think that's where the real pain came. Right when you remove those things or remove those people mm-hmm. from those places, you you remove the. Uh, the 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 biggest strongest working people that are working you know always and then from a, you know just that concept of removing that aspect of things that's where I think the most pain was brought yeah um, it's like, bro I think when you think back to Egypt right and um, the burning of the Library of Alexandria which was right. one of the most fucked up things ever to be done in history because that library had ten thousand years Damn. worth of information just think of ten thousand years. Like civilization. Well, now that we now ten thousand years is nothing to us because you can look that up. You know what I mean? You can look it up now. But back then, ten thousand years was worth a million in books. Back then, mm-hmm. was worth Bro, a but million. Think about it like this: though. like ten thousand years from now was um, it's now two thousand and twenty. That was um, eight thousand BC, bro. Mm-hmm. Eight thousand BC. All the information that we have now dates back to about one thousand two hundred, maybe one thousand something BC. Mm-hmm. And even with that, we don't know. Like it's still so yeah. obscure because they fucked around with everything. These guys had records, like irrefutable records, of intelligent people, men and women, philosophers, for ten thousand years. You could go into this library, and it's like, can you imagine the energy in that library, bro? Nah. The like, knowledge that was in that library, you can't the knowledge, it. bro. Bro, it's, it's insane. So it's like these guys burnt all this shit down, and if you think about how that shifted the the evolution of, of the whole human race. 100%. Like, 100%. Yeah, like, it's people, like, I, I used to ask this question myself. I was like, bro, like, why did they not fight back? Like, the, the Egyptians were so smart. Like, they built the pyramids. Why didn't they fight back? And the reason why, and this is something that I realized recently, is because they had evolved past the vibration. Like, I don't know if you guys know about chakras, right? You know about chakras? Yeah. I'm sure, Benji, you do, because you do yoga and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And... You know how the root chakra represents survival, right? Mm-hmm. Then you go into the sacral chakra, which is a belief creation or expression. No, creation. Then you have the expression. Then you have love, uh, expression. Anyways, whatever. But like, if you're looking at war, right? And the vibration of war is, war is in survival, right? But when you overcome that, you go into, you know, um, creative expression. Then you go into self-expression. Then you go into love. So, if, say, the, the Egyptian civilization in Egypt had, ex, you know, expanded con- uh, in their conscious sort of, um, you know, waves to the level of love, then you have people from the north, the Vikings, who were still in that survival stage, come down with their weapons and all that kind of shit, and their very, you know, sophisticated, you know, methods of war, or like, you know, they would fucking destroy everything because they don't understand the importance of it. They don't understand, like, they can't, it's like the Egyptians were living in a different world. And this is interesting because it kind of ties back to what's happening right now, where you have 
people in the same space living in a different reality. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can imagine the Egyptians, like, what the fuck? Like, these guys just came and fucked everything up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, I can understand now why they didn't fight back. But when you're looking at how that shifted the whole theme yeah. of human evolution and how now we're so war-oriented, we're constantly fighting and this and that. What if, what if... It had gone the other way. Fighting, they tried to understand them. You know Could what I mean? What if, man. You know, they tried to learn... What if they actually opened a few books in the Library of Alexandria? What if the Library of Alexandria still existed today? Oh my gosh! Can you imagine the level of different place? The world would be different, bro. Different realm, different realm, different time. That's what you guys would like the show Lovecraft Country. We have to you check guys, that out, yeah, man. Yeah, you guys should check definitely that check that out. out. There, there is a little bit of horror in there, so I don't know if you guys... Yeah, that's horror. cool, man. It makes it interesting. Yeah, yeah. Why not? You, you get used to it. But... Oh, wait, no, I thought it was a documentary. Was, is it like an actual TV show? Yeah, it's a TV show, but uh, they but they play on real... real uh, Events. Real events, yeah. So, uh, like, Emmett Till is there. Cool. Like, Yeah, they show Emmett Till. They show the Tulsa, where they bombed uh, Black Wall Street and stuff. So, they play on real events, but it is... They have, like, myth, myth, mythological things with, like, the book of names, spell and horror so it's very it's one it's it's what's it called it's um what's it called it's hard to pick up some things and like you will have a lot of questions but it's like it's a in a good way it's not like mm. yeah, yeah, yeah so like, good, like yo how does yeah Check it's, it's out, very very good i don't know Come if you out. you remember the movie roll bounce yeah um what's her name Oh, I forget. I'm, I'm gonna search her name, but yeah, she she's in it. She's great. I've, every, the actors are great and stuff like that. But everybody everybody should just to, should check that out. But last thing I wanted to say before we go, you heard the intro at the beginning of this podcast. Mm. Congratulations to Lewis Hamilton, my G. Mm. Most wins ever in Formula One history by a black guy. man in the sport, my guy. The guy that is an amazing. And then he's gonna win a seventh championship this year. And then when he comes back next year, he could win his eighth, and that'll be the most championships won by any racer ever. So for anyone, is, for anyone who doesn't know who Lewis Hamilton is, okay, Lewis Hamilton is a man that is at the top of the Formula One world, right? Oh, yeah. um, he's a mixed race black man, uh, I believe, thirty-five years of age. Yep, uh, number one. In all-time races, he passed the great Michael Schumacher. Who, if I mean, if you know anything about racing, you know the name Michael Schumacher. That's a household name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lewis Hamilton has eclipsed that, and I think can mm-hmm. be widely considered, if not already considered, the goat of Formula One at the age of 35. So yeah. we just gotta get a hang in that man. That man is something special. Exactly. And he puts on for the culture. So shout out to Lewis Hamilton. No, for man. sure. Like he like I actually made a video but the audio was messed up so I didn't get to post it. But he he had arrest the uh, cops that killed Breonna Taylor shirt. He has Black Lives Matter on his mask. Like he's very into what's going on at the same time and he's not afraid to be the only black driver and to at the same time make a statement mm-hmm. to the world saying and they go around they go to like every country in Europe almost. Like they touch multiple countries and even in the Middle East, they go to Dubai, I Abu Dhabi like they go to a lot of places so seeing that around the world that's influential 
So, you know, shout out to Lewis Hamilton. Like, yeah, man, putting on. That's amazing, bro. That's amazing. We, we talked about yeah. it earlier and, like, just just the concentration of focus to go at 200 miles per First of all, 60 in New York. <laughs> Forget <laughs> you know, that, three, bro. 300 miles per hour and, like, you racing Forget and, and millions, millions of dollars on the line. Like People watching. But, hey, man, yeah. kudos to those guys. They, they operate at different levels, man, when it Ex comes to that kind of stuff. Exactly. But, yo, my man Haruna, man. Thank you, Thank bro. you so much for coming through to the African Connection Podcast, man. My main man from Tanzania mm -hmm. all the way to Switzerland mm -hmm. reconnecting, man. Exactly. Unreal vibe. My man Drew pulling up, man. This was a great podcast. Great, great podcast. Great episode, man. Are you sure you don't have one of your own? That you could, you could do your own podcast, man. Like, this was this was really good. For sure. Well, I, have, Soon I come. have a podcast, bro. I need you guys on it, man. Oh, you do? Yeah, hey, plug man. it, plug it. Everything where people can oh, find yeah, you. So, uh, yeah, let people know where they can find you, bro. All, all your stuff, bro. Let them know. All right, calm. So uh, you can find me at uh, Haruna.Katova Instagram. Um, you check me out on there. I ain't got much content yet, but I'm working on that. But um, if you guys are interested in crystals, like gemstones and stuff like that, um, you can check out my business, Zenfo Tribe. Um, right now, spell that the for the people. Spell that for the people. Do you know what I mean? So sorry. Spell that. Spell that for the people. So that's Z E N F U L Tribe T R I B E Zenful Tribe. Oh yeah, check it out, man. We're posting all kinds of content to just sort of uplift people. The mission behind that business is to basically give everyone the spiritual tools they need to better their lives and optimize their lives. Um, and you know, if you guys know about crystals and stuff like that, you'll know what I'm talking about. So um, yeah, man. And uh, with that business, we have a podcast called Zenful Talks, where we talk mainly about um, the stuff we've been talking about today, you know, like metaphysics, um, you know, mind state, how to better yourself, how to mainly sort of like live life without being a victim of the toxicity around you and how to protect yourself, hmm. um, among other things as well. So if you guys are interested in checking that out, definitely go check out Zenful Talks. Got hmm. you, man. Big man thing. Thank you, man. Thank I like you, that, bro. Coming Good on, bro. stuff, bro. Yo, my guys, thank you very much for having me. It was a great honor speaking with you, gents. And uh, yeah, man. For yes. sure, man. Yo, yo, you're the man for coming through. You can find me exactly. at the regulars, Real Benny, two N's, two Y's, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, all that. Gotcha. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Life of Drew, L I F E O F D R E W, two underscores after that. Find my business on Twitter and Instagram and on YouTube at I am Drew Media. You can hmm. find everything on there. Thank you again for pulling up, man. Right. I know you got to go to bed. Yeah, it's late for you, bro. Much love, See, man. I started off this before the podcast. I was tired as hell, but now I feel energized. Man. Is <laughs> my G, my brother. <laughs> uh, thank you, Much everybody, love, for listening. Bro. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace. Peace and love. And the message from Berna, I believe, would be that every black person should please remember that you were Africans before you became anything else.